0: I would like to turn your attention to the Book of Deuteronomy chapter 9 tonight. We're just going to speak for a few moments. and um, I want to I want to say also uh, this past week, uh, we had a wonderful time of prayer here at the church, from noon to one. And uh, we're going to do that again this week, Tuesday through Friday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from noon to one. If you're able to to be here and and can do that, it'll bless you. Uh, But we see the immediate power of God that results from prayer. And I am thankful for the various venues of prayer that take place here at Tree of Life Church. Men's prayer, women's prayer prayer, I say, used to say pre-service prayer, but the prayer that precedes worship on Sunday evening, uh, and we want to take time noon to one every day, Tuesday through Friday, and uh, we know that not everybody's able to make it, but but I want you to know that this, this place is open for business, open for prayer. And uh, we just need to continue seeking the face of God. And if you're able to make it, it will be a blessing to you. And it will be a blessing to uh, the church and a blessing to the city. Amen. I'm reading from Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 24. Deuteronomy 9 and verse 24. And um, this first verse, a little rough, a little rough. So put your shoulder pads on, your helmet. And... and, uh, Scripture says, You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day I knew you. Thus I fell down before the Lord forty days and forty nights, as I fell down at the first, because the Lord had said He would destroy you. Now He's talking to Israel here. I prayed therefore unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, destroy not Thy people and Thine inheritance, which Thou hast redeemed through Thy greatness, which Thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember thy servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look not unto the stubbornness of this people, nor to their wickedness, nor to their sin. Lest the land whence thou broughtest us out, say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he promised them, and because he hated them, he hath brought them out to slay them in the wilderness. Yet they are thy people, and thine inheritance which thou broughtest out by thy mighty power and by thy stretched out arm. Hallelujah. And I want to preach for just a few moments tonight on the subject prayers that preserve God's heritage. Prayers that preserve God's heritage. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Lord, we love you and thank you for your goodness to us, your many blessings. The presence of the Lord that fills this room when we come together to praise you. God, we are eternally grateful for it. May we never take it for granted. May we never take it for granted. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow us to sit together tonight in heavenly places. Help us, I pray, O Lord, to receive your word. And may your word go forth, O God, as a seed upon good ground. Lord, break up the fallow ground that exists in us and help us, Lord, I pray, to receive the good word of God. Let it, let it, let it create something within us, oh God. Provoke us unto good works, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everybody said, "Amen." amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. The word heritage is a word that we are familiar with. Many times we talk about the fact that we have a goodly heritage. How many thank God for the good heritage that we have? Hallelujah. God has given us a good heritage, uh, both here at Tree of Life and, of course, in the, in the kingdom of God. The Apostolic Church is blessed with great history. But the scripture says, lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. So heritage doesn't just have to do with the past. Heritage has to do with the connection between the past and the future. It, it has to do with, with legacy. It has to do with inheritance that passes from one generation to another generation. And so when we say we have a goodly heritage, we're not just talking about what has taken place, but we're talking about what is coming. And, and the fact that what has occurred has, had, has, has been successfully passed on to what is coming. And in fact, that's where we get the word success. Success is not just singular accomplishment, but success has to do with successor. It has to do with With succession, passing something on and giving something to the next generation and future generations. And God is all about that. God God is very focused on passing on the truth, passing on His mercy. The Bible says that the mercy of the Lord endureth forever forever. The Bible said that His truth endures to all generations. So this is something that God is extremely interested in. He's interested in passing on from one generation to the next. His glory, the truth of His nature, His word is forever settled in heaven. God speaks in language of eternalities. Uh, he talks about things that last forever. Paul called it world without end. See, what you do and how you live and how I live, it doesn't, just ha- it doesn't just have to do with with this moment in time. But we have to think about where we've come from. And we have to think about what's coming. And, and so it's important that we recognize that God is interested in the eternal things. And God has laid down precious promises, exceeding precious promises, words that, that have been placed into uh, his people, that, that he is interested not just in that particular generation, but, but succeeding generations. As a matter of fact, we use the word succeeding generations, the term succeeding generations. But, but the Bible speaks of the fact that, that there is a chosen generation, It is supposed to be so seamless that every generation that arises is a part of the same generation. Oh, hallelujah. You know, we look at the scriptures and we see that there are times where where one generation has a particular experience with God and then the next generation has a particular experience with God and then the third and... And then something starts getting kind of lost in the fourth and fifth generation. We see it with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham had a, he, he, he left his father's house, looked for a city that had foundations, and sought out the, the things of God. And, and he kind of planted, he kind of planted the, the whole concept of God's promise to, to, to Abraham. Abraham. Isaac came along and he spread it out. He began digging wells like Abraham had dug wells. And he began to, to spread out the promise that God had given to Abraham. By the time Jacob and Esau come along, uh, Jacob and in, in Esau have a different take on this. Esau doesn't even care about what it is that has been handed to him from his father Isaac. And he, at the first opportunity, sells out what it took his grandfather some time to dig out and what it took his father some time to spread out Esau is so willing to sell it out we see in the life of Moses that we read about in Deuteronomy chapter 9 Moses was one that had an an awe-inspiring experience with God where he stood before a burning bush and it was so real and so rich that that communion with God and it it set a fire in his soul and you see the life of Moses play out in a remarkable way, and he passes it successfully to Joshua. Joshua steps into the scene, and it's like, it's like there's been no change. Moses has passed it on to Joshua, and Joshua is storming ahead to the walls of Jericho and, and the promises of God. He's believing for them. And then you get into the book of Judges, and you read this shocking verse in the book of Judges that says there arose a generation that knew not God nor the works which he had done for the children of israel and and so it, it it happens ladies and gentlemen that that over time unless there is a seamless passing from one generation to the next, there are valuable things lost and the heritage of God is thwarted and is and is greatly challenged and we see it we see it today in two thousand nineteen we see it today that 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 the importance of a new generation stepping onto the scene and saying, I want God like like never before. It's so important that there be a hunger in the heart of this generation. It's so important that there be a thirst in the the thoughts and in the spirit of this generation. And, and, And if you've been around the church for a little while, you know it is something so precious it is something so precious that we're passing down to this generation. Hallelujah. How many know tonight that what we hold in our hand when we hold the truth of God's word is something so precious? How many know that? Hallelujah. How many have been in the presence of God where it swept over you like like warm water that cleansed your soul like a refreshing breeze and you want to pass that on, hallelujah, to a new generation? And, And so... So you know it, it it this is why this is why the elders you know they they just maybe send out a little cautionary tone or a cautionary word when when you know it's it's only been of the last few years that that lights and and action have been more a part of the worship experience and and it's all fine just as long as we understand that 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 these artificial lights can never replace the the original and only light that matters. It's all fine as long as we understand that none of this, there are no smoke and mirrors that can replace the power and the presence of Almighty God. There's there's nothing that can replace that. And it's actually been a short amount of time that we've even had electric instruments. I mean, this is a blessing. We, we should thank God for this. But we can't let it replace the real thing. It's only been in the last you know, several decades that preachers had a microphone, and I'm holding on to this one with everything I got because, you know, now they wear those little things around the ears and lapels and mics and ear mics, and, and that's all cool, and I can't do it because if I do it, I end up doing this with my hand. <laughs> got to talk in this thing. I, just, I start holding the mic like I'm with the air mic, and and I'm just used to it, But 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 it's only been in the last a few decades that that PA systems have become a thing and and, and all of that helps us technology helps us and we thank God for technological advancements that help us move on down the path but we must understand that there is no substitute for the raw real foundational fundamental power and glory of God at the end of the day nothing replaces prayer nothing replaces the word of God nothing replaces authentic worship. Nothing replaces weeping and you hear what I'm telling you? Weeping. You got to get back to weeping and your eyes being washed out with tears and the presence of the Lord coming down upon you and feeling refreshed and feeling strengthened and edified and, and becoming more and more perfected by the power and glory of God. We can't let anything replace that. This is something precious that we are handing down. These are this is this truth that we hand down. It's not it's not just opinion, and it's not just speculation, and it's not trivial squabbling about semantics. No, it is a real thing. That, that there's only one answer to this question. When, when asked, "What shall we do?" like they did in Acts two thirty seven, there is only one question, one answer to that question, and that. Answer answer is found in Acts two thirty eight, and it is this and 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 don't ever get tired of hearing it because it is the answer to the world's question We've got sin in our life, what shall we do? We've got iniquity in our heart, what shall we do? We've got blood on our hands, what shall we do? We've got condemnation in our mind, what shall we do? And here it is, and this is what it will always be. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That will always be the answer. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, this will always be the the reality for the church. We must come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord of hosts we are not trying to look like the world we're not trying to be like the world we're not trying to somehow get the world to accept us we are here as ambassadors for Jesus Christ we are here as a royal priesthood and as a holy nation as a chosen generation and yes a peculiar people but it's a good kind of peculiarity it's the kind of peculiar peculiarity that has joy in the middle of sorrow it's the kind of peculiarity that has peace in the middle of the storm it's it's the kind of peculiar peculiarity ladies and gentlemen that has faith when the enemy is coming in like a flood don't lose that hold on to that don't lose prayer and the presence of God, this is something so vital, so vital. And, and we see that Moses is, is, is in, a, in a particular case in Deuteronomy 9 that we have referenced in our text. He's in a very unique situation where that he is having to deal with a backslidden people. And, and these are people that God desperately wants to save. And these are people that have promise hanging on them. There is promise invested in them. And I want you to know tonight that the church of the living God is, a, is an institution, if you want to call it that, that has promise in it. This isn't just any old church. This isn't just any collection of people. We are buried into the name of Jesus Christ. And because of that, we rise to walk in newness of life as new creatures. Old things passed away. All things become new. We have promise on top of us. We have promise in our footsteps. Our steps are ordered of the Lord. You're a part of something so special, a part of something so pure. Don't ever let it slip away. Don't ever Backslide from it. Don't ever go into reprobation of mind, but, but allow yourself to cherish the things of the Lord. Hallelujah. And Moses is dealing with this because he's up in the mountain. And while he's up in the mountain, he's caught away into the presence of God and having one of the most amazing experiences that the Word of God details. And this is his experience. He is with God, and God is giving him Ten Commandments, that that detail the foundation upon which all law is established. This these commandments, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you something. If the world would simply follow these ten commands, like Louis Armstrong said, "What a wonderful world! What a wonderful world!" And 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 you 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 have to understand that that they should imagine a world where there where there was no killing. Imagine a world where there was no stealing. Imagine a world where everybody was faithful to their spouse. Imagine a world where, where, there, were, there, where there was no lying or false accusation. Imagine a world where nobody looked over at somebody else's stuff and said, I wish that was mine, and I'm mad because they have it and I don't. And I envy them for having what I wish I could have. Imagine a world where there were children who honored their parents. Imagine a world where people actually took a day in the week and rested from their labors. Imagine a world. This is the kind of world God wants us to have. And, and here's the reason it doesn't, it doesn't happen in our world in 2019. It's the first two commandments people have trouble with. Because they want to have other gods give it to them. And other gods can't give it to them. Have no other gods before me. If you, if, you, if you stumble over that one, you'll stumble over all of them. But in this world, this world knows that. There's not, a, there's not a doubter or a skeptic that walk into this place and deny that if you would just, if the world would simply stop killing and stealing and committing adultery and lying and coveting, if they just stopped doing that stuff, this would be a pretty good world to live in. But, but the problem is they're incapable of doing those things if they look to other gods. But thank God we know who we worship. Thank God we know who sits on the throne, and thank God we know who created the heavens and the earth, and thank God we know who Jesus is. Thank God we know that he's not just a great teacher, and he's not just a second person in a godhead, but he is the almighty God. He's the only wise God and savior. Amen. Jesus Christ the righteous. Oh, hallelujah. Hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. It is vitally important, vitally important that we realize that God has a heritage for us. He has a promise for us. Moses is up in the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, and God is just pouring out wisdom and pouring out revelation and pouring out understanding. In the meantime, the children of Israel are down at the foothills of the mountain telling Aaron, let's build a golden calf. And let's worship this golden calf. You know why they wanted to do that? Because they had come from a place that had done that type of thing. They came from a place called Egypt. And Egypt worshipped animals. they would create statues of these animals and would worship these animals and these children of Israel these people who had the promise of God upon them, these people who, who had so much heritage behind them and in front of them, who had so much of the blessing of the Lord in their life, looked to the ways of Egypt as a way to express their worship, that's what I'm trying to tell you tonight, you don't need to look to Egypt to find any way to express your worship, Egypt doesn't doesn't have anything for you. Egypt is bondage. Egypt is slavery. Egypt is the old man. Egypt is something from the past. God brought you out of Egypt. God lifted you up out of bondage. The Lord has rescued you from the world. Don't go back to the world like a dog would return to his vomit. Don't go back to the world like a pig would wallow in the mire. Look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith who for the joy that was set before him oh there is joy that is set before us hallelujah but they're down there worshipping this this golden calf and while they're worshipping this golden calf God said quick Moses up get down to where they are because they have corrupted themselves and I'm going to destroy them You know, we just skim right over this, but I'm going to tell you something. Everything almost changed right there. The anger, the wrath, the indignation of God was so, so hot. He said, I'm going to destroy them. He said, I'm going to blot out their name from under heaven. As a matter of fact, he looked at Moses and said, Moses, because Moses is like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, let's not do that, Lord. As a matter of fact, Moses even said, "Lord, if you blot out their name, blot out my name too." I I I actually love that scripture, and I'll tell you why. Because it it shows me what Moses understood about the love of God. He understood that he had a relationship with the Lord, and he knew God was angry at Israel, but he knew God wouldn't blot out his name, and so he said, "Lord, if you're going to blot out their name, blot out my name." And he had such faith in the love and the mercy of God that he knew God would not blot out his name. And so he stood as an intercessor between God and the people of Israel. Folks, these are the kind of prayers that preserve God's heritage. Now you hear what I'm telling you. It's raw prayer. We're in a battlefield. We're in a warfare. There are people who are on their way to hell. There are people who are on their way to an encounter with the judgment seat of Christ they don't have any idea what they are in for they don't think about it it never crosses their mind and they've got one false prophet after another telling them that they have nothing to worry about as they go headlong over an eternal cliff into a lake that does burn with fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched and what's worse than that is a complete in church who knows it's happening and simply has stopped praying for it to change. Oh God. God help us because what would happen if we stood in the gap? What would happen if we looked at the example of Moses and stood up into the gap and said, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, don't destroy them. Don't destroy. Instead, we're egging him on. Oh, God, send that ball of fire. Oh, God, do it quicker. Oh, God, do it faster. Burn them all up. Consume them all. No, 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 no. We've got to stand in the gap and say, Lord, don't destroy them. God, you have a purpose. You have a heaven to give them. Lord, bring them back from the abyss of their sin. Lift them up. Redeem them with your mighty hand. Hallelujah. Moses said, God, if you're going to blot out their name, blot out my name. God said, all right, I won't do it. At one point, the Lord even said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll blot out all their names out from under heaven. And I'll make of thee a nation. Moses had every incentive not to care. He could have stayed up in that mountain and let the fire fly. We'll start all over. And we'd be singing, Father Moses had many sons. Had many sons, had Father Moses. That's how angry God was. But somebody stood in the gap. And said, Lord, remember your word. Here, I'm going to tell you something. Prayer, when we talk about praying the word, I'm going to tell you, I don't understand all the mysteries of prayer. I won't pretend to understand all the mysteries of prayer. But I do know prayer works. And I do know we need to pray the word. I know we need to open up our Bible and we need to say, Lord, your word says. I don't understand it all. I just know that it works. And I know that most of the problem you're facing is a lack of prayer in your life most of your problem is a lack of repentance most of your problem is a lack of intercession you want to know about intercessory prayer how about this verse of scripture the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends going through all your junk worrying and crying and fretting and fearing and you're not praying and you're not praying for others and you're not praying for your city and you're not praying for your enemies and you're not praying for your friends and prayer is what changes everything help us understand that prayers preserve your heritage and the promises of God come to pass when we begin to pray them hallelujah pray them into existence you've got to open up your mouth and pray don't you know that when he said ask and you shall receive he was saying pray don't you know that when he said seek and you shall find he was saying pray don't you know that when he said knock and the door shall be opened he was saying pray hallelujah glory to God you know what you know what he said to them when they said Lord how how much longer how much longer is it and he said he said say not four months and then the harvest Look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now what do you do? You go run into the fields? No, no, no. He said, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest. See, here's what we do. We look up on the fields. We see that the fields are white already to harvest. We go grab our hoe and our, and our shovel, and we go grab our, 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 our backhoe and all, all, all of the things that we need to go start digging trenches and, and, and reaping a harvest. And God said, before you do any of that, Pray. Pray. You want I don't care what it is you're trying to do. You better cover that thing with prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. What do you want to do? You want to, you want to sing? Pray. What do you want to do? You want to teach? Pray. What do you want to do? You want to lead a department? Pray. What do you want to do? You want to play an instrument? Pray. What do you want to do? Stand in this pulpit and preach? Pray. 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 It's not the effectual, fervent sermon of a righteous man that avails much. And it's not the effectual, fervent song of a righteous man that avails much. And it's not the effectual, fervent service of a righteous man. But it's the prayer of a righteous man. It's the prayer of a righteous man. Hallelujah. Hannah wanted a baby. She wanted a baby. And she, and she was so upset that she couldn't have a baby. She wallowed in her despair that she couldn't have a baby. That did no good. She even brought it to her husband and complained about not having a baby. That didn't do any good. She tried to, She tried to leverage every little thing she could. And she wrestled with the thoughts in her mind. But the gears started turning. And heaven began to open. When she fell on her face and started to pray i I don't understand it all i just know that something happens when we pray and when you pray really pray really pray pray until your heart breaks Pray until all your real feelings about a thing come out. Notice what, a- Mo- what Moses was praying here. He's saying, God, what about Abraham? What about Isaac and Jacob? You know how confusing it would have been to some to hear God say, I'll blot out every one of their names under heaven. I'll make of you a great nation. Do you have something in your life that's confusing you? Do you have something you don't understand? Pray! Do you do you have something that, that 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 throttled you and you're not sure? You're not sure what it means, and you're not sure how to put all those pieces together? Pray! You'll never find the answer trying to come arrive at it logically. You'll only find it when you fall on your face like Moses fell before God and said, Lord, I don't understand what's going on, but I know you made a promise to Abraham. I know you made a promise to Isaac. I know you made a promise to Jacob. And the Lord began to move in response to Moses' prayer. And I just, I'm going to tell you something. We talk about, well, everything happens for a reason. And, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot that happens because we don't pray. There's a lot that happens because we don't seek the face of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, young people. You, you've got a generation, my goodness y'all's generation wow confusion deep deep confusion and I'm going to tell you something if you think you're going to be able to deal with this generation with some kind of a natural talent or ability or some kind of a natural presentation it's not going to work you, you got you to pray like Moses prayed I don't know how good of a singer Moses was. I don't know how good of a preacher Moses was. But I know this man prayed until things changed. My God. My God. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't recommend to people to go out and spend 40 days with no water and no food. I don't, I don't recommend that. I've seen people hurt themselves. I'll tell you how to fast and pray. You fast and pray as God calls you and sustains you. So when you look at when you look at the mount of transfiguration you see three figures on that mount of transfiguration you see Jesus and you see Moses and you see Elijah these three all three had a 40 day and night period in their life where they were caught away into a secret place where they fell before God face to face. All three of them, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus was led into the wilderness. He prayed and fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Again, I'm not telling you to go pray fast 40 days and 40 nights. That's something God has to call somebody into. I've seen him call people into it and I've seen folks try to go into it unprepared. But you hear what I'm telling you. There to be something grip us where we fall down before the Lord and we won't get up out of his presence hallelujah where we cut cut ourselves off from what the world is trying to impose upon us and we get caught away into the glory and the power and the presence of God if you want old-time apostolic power you're gonna have to pray it into this generation if you want old-time apostolic fire it's not enough to talk about it it's not enough to wish it. We're still here. It's not enough to talk about the good old days. We gotta pray and fast and seek God until fire falls from heaven. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. You say, "Why? Well, nobody else does." Then let it start with you. Don't wait for somebody down the road. Don't wait for somebody next to you. Don't wait for somebody that used to pray and you wonder why they don't pray anymore. Don't wait for somebody who used to be committed and you don't know why they're not committed anymore. Let the revival start in you. Let the revival start in your mind. Let the revival start in your spirit. Let something catch fire. And let me tell you something else. Don't you put this generation on, all on these young people. Are you living? This is your generation. You got breath in your body? This is your generation. No, no, no. We don't just say, well, back in my day. This is still your day. And it ought to grieve us that people have drifted so far from God. And it ought to grieve ourselves spirits. Don't you get comfortable in this world. Don't you get comfortable with the state of decay in morality. But it ought to grieve you. Not, listen, and you don't need to be like, you don't need to be like some who point their finger and say, whoa, 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 but aren't willing to fall on their face and say, God, deliver. God, save. God, bring them out of bondage in the name of Jesus Christ. We ought to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus for every individual who is locked in sin we ought to pray for everybody we know that is held in bondage and in captivity those who are struggling in a homosexual lifestyle you need to pray over them in the name of Jesus Christ those who are struggling with committing adultery and fornication we need to pray over them in the name of Jesus Christ those who don't know we whether they're a boy or a girl, don't you mock them. Pray for them. Don't cast them aside. Pray for them. They're confused. The prince of the power of the air is at work. And the only thing that's going to make a difference is prayer, 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 prayers that preserve God's heritage. Prayer warriors. Remember when that was a thing? Prayer warriors. I don't mean people who pray. I mean folks who walk into the prayer room and put on the whole armor of God, put on the helmet of salvation. And the breastplate of righteousness. And they're skilled in prayer. And they know where they're going in prayer. And they repent of their sins. They repent of their sins. And they wash themselves at the laver of water. And they cleanse themselves. And are purified by the washing of water by the word. And they gird themselves about the loins with truth. They're not looking to cast the truth off. They're not looking to cheapen the truth. They gird themselves about the loins with truth. And they put upon their feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And above all, Ataya, above all, they take the shield of faith. Hallelujah, wherewith they shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And they take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You got the Holy Ghost? No reason you shouldn't be a prayer warrior. Your sin's been washed in the blood. No reason you shouldn't be a prayer warrior. Has God done something for you? No reason that you shouldn't be a prayer warrior. Stop, stop pretending that you are weak. You're not weak. Stop saying you're weak. Stop saying you don't know how to do it. Stop saying somebody else will have to do it. It's you. You're the prayer warrior. There's an anointing on you. Hallelujah. This August, I'm going to celebrate 25 years of preaching in full-time ministry. So just so you know, I'm an old man. I remember August 1994 like it was yesterday. When I walked into that revival, I didn't have, I had, I had eight sermons, eight slots in which to preach. And I had three sermons. Two of them merged, and then I had two sermons. Eight, eight nights, two sermons, scared to death. Fifteen years old, 600 people sitting out in the sanctuary waiting for me to preach to them. And I stood up, and each night, Brother Edmund Harper would take me back to my hotel room three or four hours before service. We'd go on visitation during the day and pray for the sick during the day and, and meet with people who were struggling. And, and then he'd take me back to the hotel room three or four hours before church and say, All right, now you pray. Get a word from God, and I'll pick you up at such and such time. And, and that's how it worked. And I'd pray, and, Oh, God. Oh, you're talking about prayer. Woo, oh, God, I need something, and I need it now. Help me, Jesus. And God began to show me how to preach his word. Hallelujah. And I'll never forget, we ended up with 16 people receiving the Holy Ghost. Five baptized in Jesus' name, and three were dramatically healed. One lady got up out of a wheelchair, and one man's deaf ear was unlocked. And it was, dr- it was miraculous. It was an amazing experience. I'll never forget on that Sunday night, I decided to that the Holy Ghost was moving so strong, I was going to have a prayer line. Bless God, I I loved a prayer line. And I saw preachers do that, and this was my chance. We're going to have a good old-fashioned prayer line. I said, I want everybody in this building that has a need to come forward. I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And 600 people got out of their seats and started walking up to the front of that church. And I picked up that anointing oil and I turned around to Brother Harper. You can actually hear it on the tape. I turned around to Brother Harper and I said, okay, here you go, Brother Harper. I'm going to turn this back over to you now. Thank you for having me. God bless you. And I, I was handing him the anointing wall and the microphone. So the microphone was in his mouth, essentially. And you can hear him on the tape say, no, Joel. You do it. The anointing is on you. And I had to go down into that altar area and lay hands on every person that filed by and plead the blood of Jesus over them. I was nothing but a limp dish rag by the time that service was over. But I learned something. I learned I don't have to defer to anybody. The anointing is on me. The anointing is on me. And I've come to let somebody know the anointing is on you. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The anointing of is upon you. Don't you wait for somebody else to pray. Don't you wait for somebody else to fast. The anointing is on you. Hallelujah. 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 And don't you let the devil tell you that your best days are behind you. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm getting there. I'm getting there because I got a word for somebody. Hallelujah. The Lord says in Joshua chapter 13 verse 1. Now Joshua was old. Joshua was stricken in years. Now that's now you think the next thing is going to be that he just pulls his feet up into the bed and goes out into glory. But no, no. The Lord said thou art old. Thou art stricken in years. And there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. hallelujah we need prayer warriors of all ages we need prayer warriors of all ages we need warriors who will go to their face in prayer and say in the name of jesus lord forgive my nation for their sins Lord, I confess my sins before you, and I confess the sins of this people before you. Lord, and that's what Daniel prayed while he's in captivity. He didn't secretly hope that the earth would open up and swallow all the Babylonians and all the Persians. No, he prayed, God, help these people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 I wonder what would happen if we all started praying. If we all started praying until our hearts broke, until our souls shook, until we wept uncontrollably, until we spoke in tongues and travailed. in prayer. I wonder what would happen if we prayed for Cincinnati like that. I wonder what would happen if we prayed for our families like that. I wonder what would happen. I'll tell you, I'll just tell you, I don't have to wonder. Heaven would open up. God! Would hear our cry. The Lord of glory, the Lord mighty in battle. He would hear your cry and respond. If my people, which are called by my name, Hallelujah. Don't you talk about if the world would do this and if the world would do that and if politicians would stop doing this and politicians would stop doing that. No, no. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land, you say, well, Pastor, isn't everything gonna go up and smoke one day anyway? Yeah, but I wonder if I wonder if we could save a few. If it would be worth it. Well, I, they're talking about global warming and I, listen, there's nothing, can, there's nothing you can do about what's about to happen to this world. This, this world, he did it with a flood the first time. Fire next time. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's judgment coming upon this world. And then you can sit back and, and say, well, I'm just going to hold the fort until he comes. No, 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 no. I wonder what would happen if we just made up our mind. I'm going to pray, 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 fast, fast, fast. Seek the face of God. Seek the face of God. Even if it means just a few more are saved. Oh glory to God is there a prayer warrior in this house he got shut die. Oh God! Oh, you don't think I think about it? You don't think I think about August 1994? Hallelujah! When I'm busy running around trying to get this done and that done, and all of a sudden I feel I can start to feel like I just I need Jesus. I need the Holy Ghost to move on me. And I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy with the work of the ministry and doing this or that of the ministry. But I go back to that to that room where I was there for four hours seeking the face of God. I didn't have notebooks filled with sermons and. I could fall back on I needed God to speak into my spirit that's where I gotta go to that's where you've gotta go to that's what you've gotta fall down and call upon God to do in your life come on remember 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 now thy creator in the days of thy youth go back to the old landmark go back to the old landmark come on somebody lift up your hands and your voices all across this building Come on, lift up your hands and your voices all across this building. Come on, I want somebody to go back to before they were professional Pentecostal. I want somebody to go back to before you knew how to push the buttons and make it all work right. I want somebody to go back.
1: ah wow.
0: hallelujah hallelujah ayabo ko shanda haya he go love ah shaka come on somebody that's it all across this building it's time to war in prayer it's time to war in prayer it's time to war in prayer prayer. come on somebody take upon you the helmet of salvation take upon you the breastplate of righteousness take upon you the shield of faith Oh Ramadan Ramadan ya tukoo Yalla lama ka sandalama Hallelujah! Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He la bashadama, si kamala Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He I'm going to Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. go, yes, my You're precious. Go ahead and pray those prayers right now. Pray those prayers right now. God is moving on your heart to become more of a prayer warrior, but don't wait till this atmosphere subsides. Do it right now. Begin praying those prayers right now. The Holy Ghost is quickening you. The Holy Ghost is moving upon you. There are miracles in this atmosphere. There are miracles in this atmosphere. Go ahead and begin praying those prayers right now. Right now. Oh Jesus, la 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 la, sin la 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 la
1: oh God, in
0: your,
1: name, in your
0: name, Lord Jesus, in Your name, Lord Jesus, in Your name, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, 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 oh la 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, fresh anointing come upon Cassandra right now in the name of the Lord. A fresh anointing come upon her right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord God, you know the need. I pray right now in Jesus' name, loose her, Lord, loose her, Lord, loose her spirit, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus and strengthen her. Hallelujah! That's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus. That's it. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Move only in the way you can. Move, Lord, in the way that only you can. supply according to your riches and glory. In Jesus' name, supply every need right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know, you know in Jesus' name, and I pray God that you will meet him, Lord, right where he is. Be Jehovah Jireh his provider, Lord. Bless him now, Lord, to the utmost bound, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Lord, that's it, Dylan. In Jesus' name, Lord, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. That's it, Dylan. That's it. Just get lost in His presence. Just get lost in His presence. That's right. I need you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord lord right now in the name of jesus have your way god have your way god have your way god God. lord i pray in the name of jesus that sweet deliverance will come lord in the name of jesus